0: Right, always a pleasure in spring training when Jack Marucci makes the rounds. Western Pennsylvania native. He's a bat magnate. And he's the head athletic trainer at LSU, which I did
1: you guys win your last game this season? I, I believe you did. Fortunately we did. I, I saw a coach coming down. We were coming down to Miami, so we had a practice, we had a like a uh, we call it football school that morning. And when I was coming down to spring training, I was in the New Orleans airport and I swear to God I heard his voice. And sure enough, here he comes, walking around the corner, and I went up to him. I said, "Can I see your ticket, sir?" <laughs> and uh, we were talking. We said, "It's the first time we've had a break," and uh, people were coming up, signing his uh, autographs, and they to say Then uh, the second guy, uh, after he left, I looked at. Him, I said, "Coach, just think if we lost, it wouldn't be like this, and people would be hating us." So. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's amazing, yes, isn't it? We I mean, you can be.
0: Uh, it's 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 funny how, how fickle things can be. But what was the. Well, I, I remember I texted you at one point after, I think, yeah. the Alabama, and you're like, yeah, we beat right. the evil empire. Right. Uh, but right. what about some people may think LSU is the evil empire. You guys are building quite a program there. Yeah,
1: I, I think the the main thing was, is, and, and I've told people, you know, I've, I've been through spring training, and they want to know what our team was like, and, and they all have a, an affection for Coach Joe. And I said, this team was built, you know, three years ago, and, uh, you know, Joe Burrow was the story. But Joe Burrow was someone that we we did our homework on. We had some coaches up at Ohio State, and they felt like, you know, he could be a starter there. And so it wasn't like we were taking this big chance with him. But, you know, as much as we needed Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow needed us. So it was a it was a great mix in that aspect. But our team, you know, was built off of character. And, and I've looked at a lot of numbers and tried to look at some different matrices. And our successful teams and our best um, productive players were based off of character and we do kind of an internal thing that we do by looking at all these guys and I think that was really the the neat thing about this team and and I think that's why we could stay such at a high level when you have that type of, of, of men. The,
0: the obvious answer to this would be injuries but as a trainer yeah. what's the what's the biggest maybe another challenge that 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 you guys face maybe things that have changed over the years yeah. you've been doing this it's
1: a good question I think we're instrumental and and we talk about this you're here but in the military it's called morale we gotta we, we help keep the morale up too you know we we look at guys when they come into the training room we can look at their body language so we we have a good the temperature of that team so we could tell coach man we're we need to probably back off here we we you know maybe hey we could put the gas on the pedal a little bit so i felt like you know our role was expanded a lot more than just the injuries and. Um, coach even said to me, he goes, in our last stretch eight weeks, I think the Oklahoma game, we had one running back that had a hamstring injury and it was a little questionable. He could probably have continued to play. But the good news was that um, he was the only one I had on the injury report. And Coach goes, I'd never seen a place where we get guys back. I said, Coach, we're not that good. And I meant by that was, listen, we have character guys that come back a lot easier because they want to come back. I said, it's the way we practice. And I said, you know, we have been cutting edge on a lot of the biologics we use. And, uh, you know, I've done a couple speaking engagements on those with Dr. Andrews. uh, And I think that's changed our world, too. So encompassing and all that, I think he allows us to grow. We looked at a lot of these different wide receivers on how we can put them in position. You know, we've taken on to another level and and the way they see the football. So we were trying to put them in specific routes to help the way we um, take the strengths of these players. So he allows us to grow in all those areas. So we've expanded well, from well, that. But you, you guys, you and your staff are in an interesting position because
0: players come to you, they're vulnerable to a certain degree, and they, may, they have to trust you guys, and, and they may also confide in you right. more than they would. They, they in do. other words, they'll, they'll be more upfront with you than they would maybe with a coach that they're afraid to say something to.
1: That is, that is 100% correct because we're kind of their sanctuary because it, it's, it's maybe a role where they don't feel comfortable talking to the coach at all. And we had a player go back to that game, the Oklahoma game. We had a four string running back. And, you know, you watch p- players' behavior as the season goes on. And there was our fourth team back who was always early on time, who always worked hard. He never complained, but he didn't have to say much. You know, this kid's a pretty good running back. Why don't we give him a chance? So actually, our group went to our coaches and said, this may be a player to look at. I think was Chris Curry. He ended up starting in that game because they said, well, go talk to Coach O, and it went all the way up the, up the line. And probably one of the greatest things I got, he thanked us at halftime of that Oklahoma game, almost tearful. He almost had 100 yards. I think he had like 89, 90 yards that game. So we see all that. And guys can confide in us and how they're feeling that day. I mean, there's a tons of stories. Like we had a player named Deion Jones who didn't play for four years. And all of a sudden, you know, you have to talk to these guys. You have to tell them how sometimes look maybe you are getting screwed. you know, And that's okay to say that. We'll tell the coaches that's what we're going to tell them because it gives them the ability to look at it and say, well, I'm not going to lose my confidence because you can lose confidence quick. And the guy plays the following year he's a second round pick he's probably undoubtedly maybe one of the top ten linebackers in the NFL so that plays a big role.
0: We're talking to Jack Marucci the head athletic trainer at LSU National Champions right? I, I, yeah. I got that correct? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about your other job or which is I mean you're going to be in a unique position to be at such a high level in college yeah. football and then here you are right. not moonlighting but you've got your business yeah. right. uh, with, with Marucci Bats and I, I believe it's the most used It is. It's uh, the, it's the uh, most used by uh, Major League players. Josh Bell, I was trying to to sit down and get you to acknowledge me and you're there talking to him for an hour. Right, right. Well, Uh, we were
1: talking a little sports science along with that and bats and weights and we kind of got a little more in deep You know, How did you get started doing this? Well, um, I always say thank God for Western Pennsylvania education. You know, we we grew up, we're from Uniontown and we had wood shop and wood shop to me is one of the best classes I ever took. It was in eighth grade and I knew how to use a wood lathe and when my son Mm -hmm wanted a uh a bat i called all the great bat companies and everybody was probably an inch you know too long and uh so i got a wild hair i said i'm i'm gonna try to make them the bats i kind of remember how he's like the natural right like white hobbs yeah exactly (laughs) exactly so (laughs) the first one my son's name's gino i think i called it the gino crusher And, (laughs) and 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 I start making them. And we had a quarterback at the time named Matt Mock. He played in the Cubs organization. He was one of our national championship quarterbacks. I'd bring him in and say, Matt, take a look at this. Should I taper here? What do I need to do? So he was kind of my uh, sounding board. And then Eduardo Perez, who uh, who I probably think more than anybody, who was the first one to uh, actually sneak one in a game. And um, uh, I'll never forget that day. It was up in St. Louis. And Word of mouth took off, and uh, here we are. Um, you know, very humbly. The, you know, uh, well, the bats have taken.
0: College football is obviously. I mean, and you talk about you know four-string running backs that are right. they're heavily recruited. In other words, right. there's athletes all over the place, and the competition obviously is pretty stiff. Right. I would imagine. What's the competition like here? Now you've got a great reputation right. now, but you had to work to build that. How did you do it? Just word of mouth, or how did I, you I work? I think word that? of
1: mouth. But I, I always told people, you know, if you. You always hear people want to make money or they, they want to chase that dollar. I said, if you chase the quality and you understand that things will come in time if you do the right thing. And I felt like we listened to the players. I said, what a novel idea. If they wanted to make a change in the handle, if they wanted to make a change in the knob, I listened to them if this wood was better than the next wood, how we dried it. Maybe we don't need to dry it that much. Maybe we're drying it too much. So all that went into that by just listening to the player. And um, if they wanted a modification, we did it quickly. And I could talk, you know, being in athletics, I think it helped me because I could talk kind of the same language. I've been around it, and I think that was a big plus. And plus, I was not threatening to anybody. The clubhouse guys, we had the same stuff in common. We're the guys that work you know and on the ground floor as we call it so i think it became a uh you know just a good combination with it i think it was good being part of that lsu uh, program
0: those are your guys right the clubhouse guys they I are here bones and balls. Right. and those guys that, that you go to them first right, right. before you, that's you, right. you try to find it, out who's it, coming it, up it, and that, who's.
1: that's exactly and i think um you saw us last year i i, I you remember cole tucker I, I asked these guys give me a good character guy i, I just Tell me, I don't know who's your best player. I want the best character guys that we can work with. Cole Tucker was one of them. We just talked about it. That was one year ago. And I saw you guys. You guys recommended him too. I remember you guys said, yeah. you want a good kid? Yeah. That's that Cole Tucker. And, and your,
0: your problem is that Reynolds has been loyal to his company because he's from Tennessee. Right. And so he's – you can't get him. No, right? no.
1: And and look, and, look if is, they're happy with something, fine, yeah,
0: yeah. I, you don't try to – How do you guys maintain – because it, it's a craft. Right. And yet – when you when it becomes a big business as well as a craft there's mass production involved and there how, is. how can you stay and, true to the craft and still and still, uh, still
1: mass-produce economically it's wonderful to hear you look at it that way because everyone thinks it's so easy the bat business is one of the hardest because it's an organic material so you have to you're dependent on something that grows um, from a you know naturally so you know, we could get a piece of wood in and it could have all these other problems, defoliation or it could be warped or we call it tiger maple and stress points. So, what we try to do, we start from the top. Uh, you know, the best wood mm-hmm. comes out of that Pennsylvania area and that's where we of generate. Course. <laughs> of course, right. we do. You know, on, it's let's... the perfect growing season. It's, uh, you know, so that's where it all starts. We have wood mills up there. We have a lot of Amish to put a lot of effort into it. We have a lot of individuals. Uh, starts with the logger so he knows what type of log we want um, I did a I did something with Devin mezarocco we went to his house up in pungza and we cut some trees down we cut two down well, from his from, from, from his like yard his, okay from, it was from his yard and uh, it was a, it was a neat story but we our logger and everybody knew what to look for it was one of the two best trees I think we ever had, too, because the wood was dead on, straight, had no defects. Oh, no kidding. Um, I, we yeah, run into him every yeah. once in a while. He
0: lives here now. Well, I say not Bradenton, but yeah. I mean, he lives in Pittsburgh now. Right, so. right. So, so we, we he used those
1: bats for opening day, and they have one of them in the Hall of Fame, So, uh, which is a whole other story. But the the quality starts there. Then when it gets down to the, uh, we, we ship it after it's dried and, and kiln and rounded. Then we have another set of hands. It's a probably about 22 sets of hands before it gets out to the player. So the quality is always looked looked at. You're going to have waste with it, and that's part of it. That's why it's hard to survive and, and maintain uh, the level of, of, of you know keeping it at a high end you know product.
0: Right. You're talking to Jack Marucci, uh, bat magnate, at <laughs> athletic trainer at LSU. Can I? I'm going to hit you with a conflict here. I think. Yeah. Okay. Western Pennsylvania. I would right. imagine that you've been following the Steelers. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Joe Burrow is your guy, right? But although you've got you've got guys all around the NFL, so I we guess do. this is really nothing new. We do, and yet, you know, if he ends up in Cincinnati and has to go against, yeah. them, I mean, what do you do here? I mean, well, you've got, like it, one of your guys, it, and
1: you always stay with your roots. So, I want you want see Joe see. to have a good game with the yeah. Steelers to win, but I, that, I want those Steelers <laughs> to win. So that that'll never leave us. So <laughs> we talked about. We talked about how much we grew up in that Steeler culture. My mom would make his big dinner if the Steelers lost on Sunday. We couldn't eat. We didn't want to see anything. We didn't want to eat. We didn't want to bother. If someone came to the door and, and disrupted our, you know, you know, don't answer the door, don't answer the door, that's how much we were in the Steeler football. So, yeah, it's going to be Steeler football.